Welcome to Study Abroad Stories, a podcast by the Queen's College Study Abroad Office. In this podcast, you'll hear study abroad tips and advice, as well as stories of adventure, friendship, and personal growth. Tune in to hear interviews with previous study abroad students, study abroad directors, and more. Ready to step out of your comfort zones and into the beautiful unknown? Make the world your classroom. So today we have a very special interview planned. Some students are hesitant to study abroad due to financial concerns, but they don't realize just how many scholarships are out there for studying abroad. There are Queens College internal scholarships, departmental scholarships, governmental scholarships, private scholarships, fellowships, grants, and more. Today, I'm super excited to be interviewing two members of the Benjamin A. Gilman scholarship team, Sarah and Daniela, who will be giving you tips about the Gilman application. Could you two introduce yourselves a bit? Thanks so much for being here. Yeah, of course. I'll let Sarah take it away first. Happy to. Thank you so much um, for having us, Blanche. I am truly thrilled to be here, especially as a fellow New Yorker. I love to be able to represent, you know, New York universities. <laughs> um, but my name is Sarah Murray. I'm a part of the outreach and communications team within the Gilman International Scholarship Program. I'm based out of DC. Uh, I'm also a freelance photographer and videographer, and I had the chance to study as well as intern abroad, not with Gilman, but just something to know, when I traveled to Sydney, Australia back in 2017. Wow, that's amazing. That is yeah. exciting. Wow. <laughs> well, my name is Daniela Castro. I did the Gilman Scholarship back in 2017. It was a study abroad program with my school, Florida State University in Paris, France, where it was an intensive French program. Uh, Funny enough, I felt so in love with French because I was studying math at the time and um, actually in a direct connect program to medical school. um, That after that Paris program, um, I was able to go back to France my senior year and be an exchange student in Grenoble, France. So I really owe the Gilman to I'm just impacting my my life so much, and I'm just so grateful to be here and spread some information about how I was able to have this life-changing experience in Paris. It's great to hear how you guys have also had unforgettable experiences abroad, because I think that'll be very inspiring to our students to hear how life-changing it was for you guys. So what is the Benjamin A. Gilman Scholarship exactly, and who's eligible for it? Well, I'm happy to kick off that question first and foremost. Um, So the Gilman Scholarship was created actually by a senator from New York, Benjamin A. Gilman, (laughs) with the intention essentially to enable students of limited financial means to partake in international exchange. Because students would then not only be able to serve as global ambassadors of the U.S., but then also have the chance to learn new skills, languages, and more. And gratefully so, 20 years later, it is our 20th anniversary this year in 2021, the scholarship has now grown to become a full program with several means of funding a student's international exchange, depending on their eligibility qualifications, such as, you know, simply being a Pell Grant recipient um, or, or wanting to study a critical need language or being a child dependent of an active duty service member, for example, for Gilman McCain and more. But for the OG, the original Gilman Scholarship, the, the main requirement is that you are an undergraduate student who is receiving a federal Pell Grant as a part of your financial aid. And there are also several 
alumni benefits and opportunities such as the Gilman Scholar Network, non-competitive eligibility, all of that jazz. It is the Gilman Scholarship Program and more. Something that I found that has been um, pressing on a lot of students' minds that I have talked to recently um, is they want to know, well, what if I'm going to a country with a travel advisory at a level three or four? Um, so that is one of the issues of ineligibility with the Gilman Scholarship. But if either of the countries in level three or four drop to a level one or two four weeks before your program kicks off, you still are eligible. So I think that's really important to mention um, in case students are looking into countries right now, especially I'm sure with COVID and the uncertainty of it, it's really nice to know those little details. Wow, thank you for that clarification. That's really good to know. And so basically, if you're not receiving financial aid, you are not eligible for the scholarship. And specifically the Pell Grant. Mm. Yeah. Right. And how early should students begin working on their applications? Yeah, I would say right away. Um, it is officially open for our um, cycle two season. Um, and the deadline is um, due the first Tuesday in March. Um, so I would get working on it right away. I will tell students that um, I actually did not find out about the Gilman Scholarship um, from my honors scholar, my honors program at FSU until two days before. So I had to work like 12 hours <laughs> each day to make sure this essay was put together. So I want everyone to know do not make that mistake. Granted, it wasn't a mistake. I didn't know that it existed, which is why this podcast is amazing. But um, work on it as soon as you can, because guess what? The earlier you get it done, your your essay is done. That means the more eyes can edit it and you can really submit the application that you want. So get working on it right away and then get that deadline in by the first Tuesday in March. Um, and don't forget about the advisor deadline the second Tuesday in March. It's definitely always better to be ahead of the game rather than falling behind, as you said. Can students who are participating in virtual study abroad apply to the Gilman, or is that not a possibility at this moment? Oh, yes, please yes. do. Um, just like last cycle, for those of you who do not know, the Gilman Scholarship is applicable for virtual as well as in-person programs because we are working and wanting to be flexible considering the pandemic limiting a lot of in-person travel opportunities but that does not mean that you can't still embark on international learning and exchange so government wants to encourage that through having the scholarship also apply to virtual opportunities that's amazing so guys even if you're applying to a virtual scholarship <laughs> take to virtual programs take advantage of this um what makes for a great scholarship application First, I wanted to emphasize what Danielle was saying before of how if I, had, with all the alumni that I've had the pleasure of chatting with, every tip that I've received, or I've heard at least from them, is just start early. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so that's the first thing, um, is what can make a, a great scholarship application, is simply by starting early and giving yourself that time to perfect it, to get to the best of your ability. Um, we also first and foremost, want students to, at best, really make their application and their essays unique to them and their story. So staying away from cliches as much as possible, you know, the idea of wanting to expand your horizons, things that are general and applicable to most people who are studying, who are applying to, to study abroad, but what 
will make them a unique participant and unique addition to the 31,000 plus Gilman alumni that are out um, that are out there all over the globe. Um, we also wanted to align strongly to like our selection criteria and wanting to know why they're going on the program that they've selected specifically and again in that specific country. And you know, thinking about selling and telling us about what makes your background diverse and what it would hypothetically add to the overall again. Gilman Scholarship Program overall, and how would you be an advocate for the program as well as an ambassador for the U.S. from your unique perspective? And thinking about also aspects of if you're a veteran or someone who has not studied abroad before, that also um, is very helpful because it'll is actually a preference that we have um, for those who have not studied abroad before as well as for veterans to get priority for receiving the Gilman Scholarship. Yeah, I completely agree, and I would also just love to add to. And it's kind of implied in everything Sarah said is just be authentic. I think oftentimes, especially me, as I'm thinking for grad school and scholarships in the past, sometimes I write um, thinking about what it is the um, the people who will be reading my application wants. And while that is definitely great to keep in mind, I think that the best thing you can ever do for an application is just be authentic and true to yourself. Because just like Sarah said, you know, there's a number of applications that come in and there are definitely similarities. So if you are, you're, I guess, showing your most authentic self, well, your most authentic self is definitely unique from everyone else, right? There's only <laughs> one you. So I think that is one of the best things to, to remember when you're going about this application. And it's probably more interesting to hear a story rather than to hear, you know, what people think you want that want them to say, right? Absolutely, absolutely. So what's the most common mistake you see in scholarship essays and how can students avoid it? I mean, it's been said several times by both myself and Daniela, but just really try to avoid to not be too generic. Be specific, mm -hmm. add some character, some punch to your application and its essays and really max out those characters. Take up space to really tell your story. Um, and with the follow on service projects specifically, we sadly oftentimes don't necessarily see feasible ideas. I mean, don't get us wrong. We love to see that we have a lot of big dreamers and ambitious individuals applying for the Gilman Scholarship. But what's also important is showing us that you have made very real steps to mm -hmm. prepare to make your project a success upon your return. Um, so those are like the two biggest mistakes and also just not um, uh, sometimes occasionally not answering all the questions in the prompt. So please make sure that you do that as well, because <laughs> that goes a long way for sure. That's such a great point. And you know, something too, I was thinking about is, for example, when you're sending in your resume to employers, there's employers who won't even read your resume if there's like a, you know, um, an I that was not capitalized. So something else that I think should also be held in mind as like, uh, don't make this common mistake is grammatical errors. Um, you know, you don't want to give people a reason to say to be distracted by something in the English language, let's say, or, or your sentence structure, instead of focusing on what it is you're actually writing. So definitely, and that's also a sign of you taking the time to review and edit your essay to the best of your abilities. Those are all great points. And we actually have professors in Honors Hall who can um, assist you guys in reading over your essays and telling you what could be changed, what could be better. They can help you with grammar and punctuation as well. Mm -hmm. What's the key to writing a scholarship winning essay. What catches your eye? 
Well, I sadly don't get a chance to read the applications myself. I kind of wish I did, to be honest. I did have to <laughs> recruit some intel from my fellow Gilman team members for <laughs> this question. Um, but something that they were able to emphasize to me even further is, again, what do you bring to the table? We don't have a template for a scholarship winning essay or a, a formula even yeah. of of A plus B equals I'm getting the scholarship. It's really about people who have been able to take our prompts and make them their own and telling us what you'd bring to the table and what you'd bring to the program and most importantly, what about you, you then take with you abroad and representing um, the US as a global ambassador because that's quite literally what you're having the opportunity to do and we want you to be authentic and unique to you. I don't know how much further we can emphasize it, just you are amazing and we want you to tell us how amazing you are. People don't realize that when you go abroad, you might be the first American that someone is meeting. That's not always the case, but you might be. So you truly are an ambassador for this country and you want to represent the United States well. So that's really important to keep in mind. You brought this up earlier, but just to talk about it in more detail, one part of the application sure. is to come up with a service project proposal. What are some of the most creative proposals you've seen and what exactly are you looking for? This is a very fun question that I get. I don't have the, the benefit of reading these um, <laughs> first and foremost, but I, again, recruited my Bell team members to give me some special insight for all of your listeners. Um, well, some great examples, first and foremost, that I wanted to talk about was we had, for example, a previous student write a children's book about their experience wow. setting abroad. We also had a student create a comic strip about certain situations that they face while they were again on international exchange and there are also some other examples available on our website so if you're looking for some inspiration um, but really just keep in mind with your fall on service project proposals we are really looking for applicants to take advantage of the unique perspective that they are coming from whether that's they have a new a unique major they're coming from a diverse background the works and really channel that into creative projects that would resonate the best with your respective community. Because Gilman could only do so much outreach being that we're only based in certain parts of the country. So we're really looking for students who have a special link to their respective communities to tell us how they would basically talk about the Gilman Scholarship and share their story and how it would best be an asset and affect those people. And you know best, um, not us, so really helping us helping Gilman with one of our larger goals, which is increasing international change opportunities for underrepresented groups. Um, so we would re just recommend really re remembering that you have a perspective that is a major asset, and we want that to then be told in your following perfect project and shown. And just encourage you overall to stay clear of presentations or the idea of tabling at a city abroad fair, unless you have some incredibly out of the box yet feasible way to really innovate those sort of typical proposals that we have received, um, but really submit proposals that speak to your ability to be innovative and think outside of the box and connect specifically with your community. I think that's such a great point because most of the students that come to the Queens College Study Abroad Office have that idea mm -hmm. of participating in an informational session or talking mm -hmm. to students in different classes. So it's good to know that you're looking for something a little bit more out of the box. And I love the idea of the children's story. That's so creative. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, that's so adorable. I would have never thought of that. Wow. And something interesting, too, that I have found with other people who have obtained the Gilman Scholarship is that 
thinking out of the box sounds very intimidating, but what everyone has done that's been out of the box is just tapping into the community that they're already a part of. So for example, me with um, being a part of this Direct Connect to Medical School program, you know, I, you know, as I'm going through this process of, you know, learning French and thinking about its relation to medicine, here I am realizing that knowing another language increases your critical thinking abilities and on top and that is so vital to the medical field um in addition to just knowing languages and being able to connect to future patients you have whether you're a nurse a doctor a pa being able to speak to someone in their native language even if it's not a full sentence shows that you're meeting them halfway and is going to be um giving a more likely chance that you're getting more important information. And so that was really what my service project was about. I spoke at the College of Medicine about the importance of learning foreign languages as a um, pre-med student. Um, and, you know, just, again, something that, I mean, I didn't feel like it was out of the box at the time, but looking back, you know, it really is different, but I was just blessed to have tapped into my community. So I, I do want to stress that students you know, hopefully don't be intimidated about thinking out of the box because simply tapping into your unique community is something that I think will produce amazing results. Yeah, it reminds me of Nelson Mandela's quote that if you speak to a man in a language he understands, it goes to his head. But if you talk yeah. to him in his language, it goes to his heart. And that rings true for so many people. So I love the connection between French and medical school and being a doctor because it truly is so important to connect with people on a deeper level. So when do students actually receive their scholarship money and how? Does it go through financial aid? Do they receive direct deposit? How, what does that look like? So I do know that there is some um, variety per applicant in terms of like there can be like a specific range of within a week um, depending on program start dates and such when a student would receive. Um, but what's most important to know right now is and Daniela flagged this earlier in the episode, but I also want to emphasize it again, that um, a lot of countries are still at a level three at this moment, but the program mm -hmm. location in which you are studying physically in, if that applies to you, must be a level one or two before money is even distributed. And I believe it is distributed in some capacity by a direct deposit, and it's wired from our systems to the students. Okay, very good to know. Can a student win this scholarship more than once? Unfortunately not. You can win the scholarship once, but, and I think we'll probably be getting to this, if you don't get it the first time, you are welcome to apply as many times as, um, you know, as you are eligible, really, um, until you get the scholarship. So what advice do you have for students who are applying for the very first time? Yeah, that's a great question. I would definitely say reach out to an alumni ambassador that's in your region. Um, I think this is something I wish I thought of before, but I had no idea that there are alumni ambassadors that are all over the country that are literally here to answer any and every question you have. And I think as someone who's applying for the first time, number one, you need a lot of information on what the scholarship entails which an alumni ambassador can give you. And I think number two, as we're going through today, of course, these strong tips for um, making a great essay, you can hear that firsthand from someone um, and someone who has received the scholarship. So I would say reach out to your alumni ambassador. And then on top of that, as 
has already been mentioned as well, reach out to um, your English uh, writing centers in your school. Have multiple people look over your essay, you know, inside your family and outside. Make sure it's read front to back, fully through, um, and be authentic. Be, be authentic. And I think it's going to do wonders. Yeah, I love the tip of reaching out to other people because they figured it out already. So they can help you figure out exactly what you have to do and make it a lot easier for you rather than you trying to figure everything out from zero, you know? Exactly. And reaching out to even people not associated, I think, is lovely because people who have not have no association with it or are new to this have to they're just checking really for the logic of your essay. So I think that's also great to reach out to people not even associated with the, the scholarship or know what it's about to really preview like, oh, OK, the, the flow of this makes sense. Even though I don't know what your scholarship is about, I see what you're saying and what you're trying to accomplish. Great tip. I love that. And now let's say a student applied for the scholarship, but unfortunately they weren't able to be one of the winners. They weren't able to get the scholarship. What advice do you have? for them? Absolutely. This is a great question. I will say, um, first thing to realize with this is that there is essentially mathematically like a one in four chance that you'll get the scholarship. So there's two ways you could see that you could be definitely bummed out that you weren't a part of like that 25%. But you can also see it as if I reapply again, your chances like are are essentially accumulating if you really think about it, because you have experience. Um, So Do not be discouraged because the probability is there for you to get this scholarship. And secondly, it could just be, you know, nothing related to you. It could be just the number of students that apply that year, the time at which you applied. Let's say there's already funds that have been distributed out to X amount of students already. So I think that's important to realize. And if you're reapply, I would say get it in as, as soon as possible. Um, again, so that there is not even an opportunity for you to be at the end of the batch when we've already established who is getting the scholarship or not. Um, and so, like I said, just don't be discouraged. Today, I was just reading on LinkedIn about a young lady who uh, applied to Deloitte, this top consulting firm, three or four times and was rejected three or four times. And here she is on the fifth time getting in. So I hope that that's not technically what's in store for you who are listening, that you have to wait until the fifth time. But the point is that you should never be discouraged and that if it's something you want, continue to go after it and it will be in your cards. So that's that's the best advice I can have. And I really firmly believe that, you know, if you don't get it that first time around, I really believe you can get in that second, third time around. You have the experience, you have the resources and... Um, you know, also you grow a lot in a year. So I really feel confident for anyone who's real reapplying. And we've actually had students who didn't receive the scholarship on their first attempt, felt discouraged, discouraged, but they tried again and they received it the second time because they got more advice. Yeah. And one was even recent because they got more advice from different people, had more people read their essays. So exactly. They were able to come up with a stronger application. So, unfortunately, we've come to the end of the interview. Thank you so much. You've all given us so many amazing tips. And I just wanted to ask one last question. What general (laughs) advice do you have for students who are considering studying abroad? 
you know, it's really important when you are in your forming years, which is like 18 to 24, to take full advantage of every experience there is. And sometimes when, you know, you hear that, sometimes there are some of us who are blocked by that financial aspect. And so with the Gilman, I mean, I would be first to say I, this would not have been possible. It would not have been possible for me to study in Paris without this scholarship. And if I had not done that, I wouldn't have made the decision to, you know, not go to medical school at my fourth year of college and then take on the Teach for America experience teaching calc and pre-calc and then now decide to go into a master's in computer science and just the, the wide variety of things that just spun out from this um, experience um, studying abroad and, and even getting my major in French instead of a minor. So I would say just this final advice is like be open to everything that life has to offer you. And part of that is taking the opportunity to really um, see life through a different lens, which is what you can do when you go to study abroad, um, when you exchange abroad, you just see the world in such a, a variety of different um ways that you know you hadn't experienced or thought you could have even experienced before so I say you know be open to all that exists apply and be ready for a life-changing experience and I hate that that is definitely a cliche but it's so true um and I couldn't I couldn't back it up even more it's really a beautiful thing to to be somewhere and really get to know the place the culture and and learn really be a lifelong learner and, and I would say obviously emphasizing everything that that Daniela said studying abroad is a not only unique opportunity that, that is challenging to achieve otherwise outside of university but also it's one that so many individuals don't have the privilege of taking advantage of um, so I would encourage all who even entertain the idea to go forth and attempt but something that I always told myself during my time abroad is that it's called study abroad not abroad studying and mm. so making sure that you are realizing that you yes are there to engage in all of the culture like to be basically being a sponge and absorbing all of the mm -hmm. culture language and skills you can possibly learn while there but most importantly there's still lots to learn in the classroom um, there are grades that we want you to excel in, and especially with the Gilman Scholarship, it's first and foremost an academic scholarship so that you can have your academic experience in a new country and experience a new work environment, experience new dif different classroom culture. I know in my case, it was taking advantage of a much wider course catalog than was offered at my smaller liberal arts college, um, Agnes Scott College, based in Decatur, Georgia. So please make sure that you are balancing your studies while also making sure that you are immersing yourself as much in the culture as you can and also last thing that i always kept thinking to myself is make sure that while it's great to befriend people who are also from the states and building that community there whether people from your similar nationality or ethnic background religious background etc but also make sure that you are getting to the people who call your exchange location their home because they're the best people to show you what living in my case, Australia, Morocco, <laughs> Italy, okay. what life, what life there is and let them 
be your guide so that you can then be an ambassador for them on your experience in the States and they can be their own ambassadors for their own country and share what it means to be a part of their part of the world from their eyes. Because that's a rare view that you, you won't get a chance to see if you necessarily just stick with other international students or just stick within a very safe community, which I understand most definitely of American students. Really try and broaden your horizons with who you connect with as well. Network the heck out of it. <laughs> Yeah, that's so true because you obviously have the opportunity to connect with Americans at home and not to say that you exactly. shouldn't when you're abroad but while you're also connecting with Americans be sure as you said to talk to the people that are native to that land and as Daniela was saying it truly is a life-changing experience I totally agree with that and it does sound so cliche to hear that but it's not <laughs> until you go abroad and you experience all these things that you understand exactly what we're talking about. You will come back a different person, not because you're trying to be a different person, but because all of those experiences will shape you and make you more independent, more mature, etc. Um, so the Department of State and the Benjamin A. Gilman Scholarship actually have their own podcast called A. Gilman Podcast, pa sorry, A. Gilman Podcast, very clever You're clever fine. title by the way what can oh, thank students, you, thank you. <laughs> what did you come up with that i did that's amazing <laughs> what can students hear about on your podcast and which platforms can it be found on thank you for the shameless self-plug i appreciate it blanche um but yes you can listen to the a gilman podcast i would say almost anywhere where you already currently listen to your podcast that includes um apple spotify Podbean, Stitcher, Amazon Music, the work. So I'm definitely hesitate to give a listen. And right now we mainly have the amazing benefit of having 31,000 alumni to recruit for the podcast. And every episode we're hearing from different um, alumni, uh, alumni who have left and come back from their Gilman Scholarship program, either as frequent, as, as recent, I should say, as three years ago, to being one of the first, among one of the first ever people to receive a Gilman Scholarship. With our last episode, Josh Berry, he was someone who was on the podcast um, for January, and he was one of the first people to ever receive the scholarship. And just hearing about people, it's, it was a great episode, I highly recommend listening. Um, but it's basically, the podcast is giving our listeners an opportunity to learn about the the scholarship from people who, who've actually experienced it and what they've done since then and how the scholarship has basically driven them to get careers at major nonprofits to become professional filmmakers and um, and a documentary um, filmmaker as well as going on to start their own non start their own travel based nonprofits and writing their own books, really the whole works of how Gilman has impacted so many lives. And Danielle is a great example of what the Gilman Scholarship will help push and help you to strive to accomplish. So if you're, if you're looking to hear those stories, come listen to the A. Gilman podcast. That's amazing. So again, that's A. Gilman podcast because Benjamin A. Gilman. So that's why I really like yes, the title. Yes, got it. <laughs> yeah. Um, to find out more about the Gilman Scholarship, visit gilmanscholarship.org and you can discover our Queens College Study Abroad offerings at qc.cuny.edu slash study abroad. Thank you guys so much for your time. Thank you. It's a pleasure to speak to you both. Really loved it. Thank you. It's been a Thank blast. You. Thank you. <laughs> To see our students' beautiful travel pictures, follow us on Instagram, at QC Travels. Like our podcast? Consider leaving us a rating. 
Visit our website, qc.cuny.edu slash study abroad to find out more about our programs.